Day. Um, you know, Advent and Christmas has been an incredible, beautiful season for us, also very difficult. And um, I wanted to finish the year off in our family blessing service. I want to finish the year off with one more amazing promise of hope to, for us to consider this morning as we close uh, our look at the promises of hope through Scripture. So many amazing promises. And here's the, here's the good news. They're all yes in Jesus. Every single promise is yes in Jesus Christ. So uh, today I want to open up uh, into Genesis chapter 12. This is God's promise to Abraham and all his children and uh, all his offspring. So uh, turn with me to Genesis 12 and I want to tell you the big idea of where I'm going today. Uh, the family, okay, the family, every shape and size is the central unit of authority in God's design for humanity, okay? That's the core building block of all of human life uh, and the key driver of whether or not a society flourishes. But even more than that, believing families that know how to pass the baton well are really the drivers of God's kingdom. And so we want to be intentional about making disciples in 2021. You know, we've looked at, <clears throat> uh, I've, I've been doing some reading on all the movements that are going on around the world. Uh, there are movements of disciple making going on in so many places. And these movements, there's now over a thousand of them on the earth and they're averaging almost 100,000 baptisms each. All right? And what we're seeing in these movements of disciple-making is we're seeing this, this just multiplying, uh, uncontrollably multiplying movements of disciples because um, the people are obeying what it says in Matthew 10, what it says in Luke 10 the book of Acts and the, and the miracles that are happening. But what's interesting is most of these movements are spearheaded and they are catalyzed by kingdom families, extended kingdom families who share the good news, who share the good news excitedly with all those around them. So believing families who pass the baton are going to be the ones, and, and that is... That is your family's destiny. That is my family's destiny. This is what we're going to see in Genesis chapter 12 here. So today's message is going to be in four parts. First, in the chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, I'm going to talk about the abundant, we're going to see the abundant grace of God being poured out on Abraham's family. And then in Genesis chapter 12, verses 4 to 7, we're going to see the fatherhood of Abraham, part 1. Uh, and that is going to be the beginning of his story. The third part of our message this morning, I'm going to show you the fatherhood of Abraham, part two. And how the Messiah, the Savior, fulfills the, the fullness of the promises made to Abraham. 
and then after that third part, we're going to take a break, and I'm going to give you some time to discuss uh, the impact of those passages on your family and give you some time to share. And then the fourth part is going to be our response, and it's going to be like stepping in to our inheritance, stepping into what God has for us. And there, I'm going to uh, finish the morning service with a time of ministry where families can, uh, that are here and families that are home, where you can get together and pray over each other and dedicate 2021 uh, to the Lord, but more importantly, to the vision that he has put in the text of Scripture for us. Make sense? All right, let's dive into the text then. Uh, so Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now that's amazing grace being poured out on Abraham. Abraham, Abram at this point, he's still called Abram. His name hasn't changed yet to Abraham. I'll talk to you a minute about that. But the Lord has taken Abram, who is basically a pagan worshiper. He comes from a pagan family, and he calls him into the life of faith. And in this interaction with him, he gives a five-fold blessing. If you notice the word bless there, is five, or blessing, is five times. I'll bless you, make your name great, you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and in you, and you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God pours out his grace on Abraham and, and Abram and lets him know that he's going to have a, a worldwide impact. Now hang on to that because when we come to the part where Jesus enters the story, we're going to see how this is now true of each and every one of you here today who is following Jesus. All right? But that is what, that's where he's coming from. And he wants us to build families that will be this blessing to all those around us. So this is the abundant grace of God. Let's move to the second part of the, of the message, the fatherhood of Abraham and how it begins to happen. So uh, in verse 4 we read this. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son. Lot's father had died. So Lot is an orphan, and he brings Lot. And all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. At that, uh, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring 
I will give this land literally to your seed. And that picks up from a promise in Genesis 3 that the seed of Jesus would come. So just keep that in mind. I'll give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So you see Abraham, Abraham steps into this call to be a father, to be a blessing. He obeys and he has this fatherly heart. So he brings the orphan lot with him. He brings all of the uh, people in his household and then he brings all the others that he had acquired, slaves of various kinds, and he is taking them into his house. So he has that very same fatherly instinct that the Lord himself has and he obeys and walks into that. He receives the promise to your offspring, I will give all this land. And what does he do? He worships. He builds an altar and he worships the Lord there. And this is, this is now Abram entering into the fatherhood that God has called him to, to be a blessing to every family on earth. He's not quite sure how that's going to happen. But he, he is walking in it, believing all of it. You may not know right now how your family is all going to work out. You may have young children who are still being formed to walk in Christ. You may have children who are uh, rebellious right now and not walking with Christ. You may have uh, an extended family that's not walking with Christ. You don't know how things are going to work out. But the Father of the heavens is telling you in this story, he's saying, look, it's never over. Just keep walking with me. Even when you can't see how it's exactly going to work out, keep walking with me and I will make you a blessing to all of the families of the earth. In Abram's case, in our case, to all the families around us, including our own family. So stick with me on that. Now let's trace out, let's trace out the fatherhood of Abraham, and we're going to do this part one. Now, before we get too far, let me just do the name change. So in Genesis chapter 17, right, God changes Abram's name from Abram to Abraham, and he changes Sarai's name to Sarah. Okay, now what, what he literally does in that exchange is he puts the Hebrew letter hey into their name. So instead of Abram, it's Abraham. There's an extra syllable in there. That is the, the, the Hebrew letter hey that means breath. It also is one of the key letters in the name Yahweh. Okay, so he's literally putting part of his name into Abraham part of his name into Sarah so that they are now bearing his name. This is the name, this is the significance of the name change. And by the way, there's lots of name changes in the Bible. Jacob becomes Israel. Peter, uh, Simon becomes Peter, right? But in this case, God is putting his name on Abraham. Now, trace out the story. Abraham's family... That's the Hebrew word mishpacha. 
So it starts off with his family. Then it builds. We find out that his relatives, Lot and others, are coming with him. Right? That's the moledeth. That's the, the relatives. When Isaac needs a... Uh, when... when um, uh, uh, Jacob needs a wife. Isaac sends him, well, when, when Isaac needs a wife, Abram sends him back to his people, his relatives, to get Rebekah. And when Jacob needs a wife, he sends him back to the relatives to get Leah and Rachel, right? So the relatives come into the picture. So the story builds. And then you have all of Abraham's descendants which is his Toleda. Say that, Toleda. All right. And then from there, we get the tribes of Israel. That's the Shabet. Tribes, Shabet. Then we get the nation of Israel. The word there for nation is Goi. And so out of this family, as we trace through the story of Genesis and Exodus and Numbers and so forth through the Bible, we get to the nation of Israel and then we get to the Savior of Israel. Remember on Christmas Eve, we talked about this word Savior. What was that word in Hebrew? Yeshua, exactly. So this is the fatherhood of Abraham. God takes his family, uh, brings in the relatives, brings in the generations, the descendants, and then that becomes eventually the 12 tribes. It becomes eventually the nation. And out of the nation of Israel comes the Messiah. Okay? So God is working all the way through here as he makes the fatherhood of Abraham come true. Now, that word toleda in the middle, let me now just walk you through the critical importance of that word. That word occurs 10 times in the book of Genesis. If you want to understand the book of Genesis... You have to understand Toleda. Toleda is the descendants. It's the account. It's the genealogies. It's the families. It's the births. It's the origins. All right, it's a very powerful word. It occurs 10 times. In Genesis 2 4, you have the generations of the universe. In 5 1, it's the generations of Adam. In 6 9, it's Noah. In 10 1, it's Noah's sons. And chapter 11, verse 10, they, there's more and more evil on the world. The flood didn't fix the world. The fall is the fall. The world's broken. The, the flood did not fix that. Evil continued uh, through Noah's sons. Shem is uh, one of Noah's sons. And Shem means name. Okay? So when God confused all the languages of the earth and sent all the nations scurrying, because they were trying to make a name for themselves at the Tower of Babel, God says, no, I'm going to take one of my chosen sons, Shem, and I'm going to give him a name. His name, literally, is name. And so Shem takes over the promise. Shem leads to Terah, which leads to Abram. Abram's generations in 1127. Then you get Ishmael. Uh, then you get Isaac, then you get Esau, and you get Jacob. And you see that the promise flows 
from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. So this whole making of Abraham into this father of many nations is part and parcel of God's plan all the way through the book of Genesis. So you see that this toleda word is super important. And note, the four Gospels of Jesus either begin with the word, this is the genealogy in Matthew, this is the account in Mark, or the beginning, uh, this is the account in Luke, and this is in the beginning in John. All the Gospels start with this idea of this toleda. All right? Tracking with me? Okay, so this is how God's bringing this promise to Abraham to fulfillment. So now we go into the third part of the message, which is the fatherhood of Abraham. And now in the Messiah, now with the Messiah on the scene, we go to the New Testament and we see how God brings the promise to Abraham alive through the Messiah. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 to 9, we see the explanation of Abraham's faith. It says, so also Abraham believed God, and it was credit to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. All families will be blessed. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. You see, you and I who rely on faith for our spiritual anchoring, when we rely on faith, we become children of Abraham. We enter into the family line that God started with Abraham that he worked all the way through Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and all the, way through the, all the way through to the birth of Jesus. See, Jesus anchors us, grafts us into the family of Abraham, and now we become inheritors of the promises of Abraham. And through us, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So... That's how he lays it out in, Abra in, in Galatians 3. So let's look at the, father of Abraham, the fatherhood of Abraham, part 2. Jesus the Messiah is the new shoot. He's the new, the new netzer, the olive shoot. You know, God lopped off the eternal tree, the eternal olive tree. He lopped them off. And then Jesus was the, the stump of Jesse. Jesus was the netzer, the shoot. The Nazarene, Nazareth basically means shootville. So from shootville comes the shoot, the branch that Jeremiah talked about in the eternal olive tree, which is the family of God. And in Israel, every Jew who trusted Jesus entered into the faith of Abraham and was part of that eternal olive tree. But the good news for us who are not Jewish is that that was expanded, and every Gentile who trusts Jesus in the same faith that Abraham had is grafted in. So you've got Jesus the Messiah restores the olive tree. Every Jew who comes in at the very beginning in the book of Acts, most of the believers were Jewish. Then, every, then the gospel spilled out to the Gentile nations. 
every Gentile. And of course, at the end of time, when Jesus comes back, somewhere around that time, every Jew who's living will be saved, will be brought into the olive tree. And that, that's how you get people from every nation and tongue, every family, grafted in to the tree of faith, to the family of Abraham, which of course is made possible by the Messiah. So, in Romans 4, it says this way, Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, all the seed that are made offspring of Abraham through the Messiah Jesus, not only to those who are of the law, but all those who have the faith of Abraham, not just the Jews, but all the Gentiles. He's the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So when we think of Jada Kirk, when we think of Charlie Trentman, we are talking about bringing life from the dead because of faith. It's not over yet. The story's only partway un unraveled, in front of, unveiled in front of us. So against all hope, and remember, Abraham's wife was 90. He didn't have a whole lot of hope, but he continued to believe, and he became the father of so many nations, many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So even if it looks unlikely right now, as it did for Abraham, if you're waiting to have kids, if you're waiting to have children to believe, if you're waiting for spiritual children that you've been investing in, to come into the kingdom, keep going. Keep going by faith. And this is how we bring, this is how we bring the fatherhood of Abraham into reality. This is how we step into the promises of God. This is the fulfillment of Jesus so that every single one of you, every single one of you watching this who believe in Jesus Christ are brought into the promise of Abraham. You're brought into uh, this incredible plan to bring the good news to all the earth. And this is your destiny. See, each one of you men is destined to become an Abraham. And each one of you women is destined to become a Sarah. Because God's plan is unfolding through the generations... It is relentless. He will not quit. It's happening all around us. And our job, even though it looks discouraging at times, our job is to keep praying, to keep believing, to keep giving, to keep going into the foreign mission field, to keep investing in our mission partners here because these realities are being brought to the whole earth. This is... This is the incredible truth of every family. No matter what the shape or the size of your family is, no matter if you are a widow or a widower, no matter if you have experienced divorce, no matter if you have uh, experienced schisms with children or grandchildren, the opportunity in Christ 
through faith and repentance and prayer and, and walking with God is that you will be part of this unstoppable plan to bring the families of the earth blessing through the goodness of Jesus Christ. So that's, that's the story of Abram. And that's, that's what I want to bring to us as we think about our families on this last Sunday of the year. So what I'm going to do now is open it up to discussion. And I want to give you a few minutes, a couple of minutes, to discuss this. And I want you to just handle a couple of questions. How do you feel to know you are grafted into Abraham's family promises by faith in Jesus? That should thrill you, but there should be all kinds of other connections that you're making now about what that really means. And then discuss how that might encourage your family discipleship in 2021. So I'm going to let you uh, chew on that for a bit. And uh, in a minute, we will get feedback from those online and also from you here who want to share. All right. Well, I'm going to open it up now for you to share some of your observations. Um, the ideas that you want to share in terms of family discipleship. So Terry is here, I think. Yep, go ahead. We had, we had two thoughts. Um, the first one was a number of years ago, my uncle did a family tree of our the Hobart family and took us back to the 1300s. It was pretty impressive, like 27 generations. Um, Today, we know that that goes back even farther, that we're descendants, not descendants, but we're grafted into the family of Abraham. And so I feel now like I've got a family. Nope. Oh, we've got to run. I'll get it. I, I can speak loud. No, oh, there it goes. We need it to be recorded yeah. for the people online. So I think it's going now. I think so. And then the second one is, is that um, we have five children. Two are saved and a daughter-in-law is saved. And for years, Heather and I would pray for our family. And now with Harrison and Sumner and Allie being saved and walking with the Lord, all of us now have to pray for the, for the, the rest of our family. Because it's not just mom and I, but it's now this collective group of believers in our family that, yeah, they're still our kids, but they're also our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we need to commit to that as a family unit to be praying for the lost. Amen. That's, good. That's good. Excellent. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for sharing that. Um, got another one over here. Yesterday, yesterday my daughter, Lee, uh, organized a Zoom call family which spread across the nation uh, there were probably six or seven different households involved it was really designed as a catch-up on what's happened during COVID year and where we are and uh, uh, we got out of that uh, sent to each of us a photo of each of those family units and as I looked at it I realized that there were at least one saved in each family line, my sister, uh, but uh, there were more unsaved than saved. But 
it, prov it provides a nice overview of where our family is and, uh, and happily we all share in the love for each other. There are no divisions really in our family um, among all those that were represented. So it's just a, a nice way to look yeah. at what God is doing in and through our family in these days. Amen. Yeah, and uh, you know, we, we are here to be blessings, right? So we have to think about how am I going to be a blessing? How are we going to be a blessing? Uh, uh, we got uh, Aubrey Smith online here, uh, daughter of uh, Jeremy and Katie, and she says she's really glad she got to be adopted twice. That's, that's awesome. I love that. How old is Aubrey now? Nine. There's, there's some wisdom from a nine-year-old. Twice adopted. Way to go, Aubrey. All right, we've got Joel. Yeah. This just reminds me that I mean, the Lord has the plan, and we just join in with him in what he's doing, which sort of takes some of the pressure off. You, like, you just go with the flow of where the Spirit's building and leading, and when you see the Lord working, you, you just join in what he's doing. That was an important lesson for me in the past. I did the Henry Blackaby study on experiencing God, and, and it transformed for 11 years. He got me involved in a ministry I never would have been in, and I, I think we're going to start a home group. We feel led to do that, and we just feel God's going to do things. We'll see what that's, he's going to do in reaching others and friends and neighbors. And that's great. Yeah, that's a good reminder that, I mean, God's at work, guys. We don't have to make this up. We don't have to bring the hard work. We just have to see where God is working and join him where he's working, right? And look, this whole thing of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, and that all happened long before we were even born. I mean, this thing, this plan's been hatched from all of eternity, and we just get to step into it. Yeah, go ahead, Charlotte. Um, how much I would agonize as a, as a single or whatever. I, for some reason, it really bothered me because, I mean, I was homeschooled in the rural area in Maine, and then I went to a woman's college, so there's just no chances for me to meet anybody, and I felt pretty hopeless, and I used to go to my uncle and aunts, and they were a very godly, happy family, and I used to beg God when he blessed them that he would bless me also, and I realized that that's when the Spirit of God just would lay on my heart that that's how he wants everyone to be blessed in the world. And to, to trust him, it is, everyone gets an opportunity like that to trust him and to go in, in to become part of the family of God. And then now he made me a joyful <laughs> mother of children. Sometimes I don't feel so joyful, but it's incredible how he, mm -hmm. he, he, he blesses people and everybody, he's given everybody that desire to be a part of the family of God, and it's so beautiful. Amen. It just comes back to that. We get to be his, in his family. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Charlotte. That's beautiful. That, that should be an encouragement to all of you singles out there, uh, knowing that, and all you parents of singles who've been praying for the right spouse, um, that should encourage you today. Thank you, Charlotte. Uh, I just had two thoughts. The first thought was, you know, the, it's the feeling of winning the lottery, of just undeserved mercy, the fact that we live in this time and space and that we've heard his message Good. and that, you know, 
we, we, we've repented. Um, it's just undeserved mercy that God would allow us to do that. And at the same time, it's, it, it says in Romans 11, you will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off, and you stand by faith. But do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell. Severity, but towards you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. And so I think there's a holy fear um, of wanting to continue in that goodness. And like I was discussing with my mom, she's saying it leads her to want to share this with other people, um, you know, out of that fear of being the honor it is to be grafted in. So that's how I kind of think about it. Yeah. Amen. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. All right. Um, All right. Let's see if we got any more online. No, not yet. Anybody else in the room? All right. Well, look, let's uh, let's move on to part four of the message because we've we've got a lot of really good feedback here and stimulation on how we can think about our families and how we can enter into this blessing and how we can remain in this blessing that God has given us by grace. So I want to talk about uh, the response to all this, which is really I want to have us all think of it as stepping in to our inheritance. Because this has all been earned for us by Jesus, right? So that we just have to step into it. We just have to walk in it. We just have to believe and follow. And this is going to impact how we pray for others. This is going to impact the ministries that we get involved in. It's going to impact how we give, how we serve. You know, you may be thinking now to serve in children's ministry or youth ministry because this is a way for you to multiply what God has given you, okay? Uh, Or it may be missions. It may be prayer. Um, There's so many ways to get involved uh, in the kingdom and to uh, bring this calling that you've received Uh, into the fullness of action by faith. So, uh, a a scripture that really speaks to this idea of inheritance is Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. What this is, is Paul's prayer for this church, but it's a prayer for every Christian. And it describes, in, in really a sweet, concise fashion, how this is all designed to work by God. So Paul says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. So prayer continues to be uh, a foundational part of of our life in the faith of Abraham. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, asking that the knowledge of the will of God would be given in wisdom and understanding through the Spirit to those that we pray for. Why? So that they can live a life worthy of the Lord, so they can please Him in every way, so they can bear fruit in every good work, so they can grow in the knowledge of God, so they can be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so they can have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father. Here it is who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. 
That is what we have. So, so that, that's the goal of our prayer. So they can have their eyes open. They can walk into this blessing that we have received. And they can share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. That's, that's what we've got. Boys and girls, if you opened Christmas presents over the last few days, you know how fun that is. Well, when you believe in Jesus, it's like opening a present. And it's opening a, a life with him for all eternity. For all eternity, you get to be with Jesus. And you get to be with him in all of that right now. You don't have to wait till you die. So he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption or the forgiveness of sin. So... What I want to do now is I want to finish our time together this morning with family ministry time. Mark's going to come up and um, give us a little instrumental music. I want you to talk about your family's inheritance, your family's kingdom assignment. I want you to talk about prayer. I want you to talk about uh, praying for each other. Uh, to, and I'm going to leave this scripture up uh, the Colossian scripture, you can pray that over each other, that you step in, that we all step into this inheritance that God has given us, that he's grafted us into this majestic line of kingdom work he's doing from Abraham all the way through the ages, and we're now part of that. So talk about your kingdom assignment, talk about your inheritance, and then I want the parents to pray for the children then I want the children to pray for the parents. All right? We're going to go both ways here. Uh, if your kids are not with you, that's fine. Uh, if you're here with someone else, just pray for your, each other's families. And uh, let's dedicate 2021 to Jesus. Let's give him this new year that's starting at the end of the week. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that now. We're going to have some instrumental worship. And let's... Uh, Let's enter into that time together now, all right?
Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this time of prayer and ministry. We thank you, Lord, for each and every family represented in our congregation. We thank you, Father, for uh, those that are uh, online, those that are here today. Uh, Dennis Spurgeon reminds us that as a family, we are blessed for those that are uh, walking with Jesus and those that are yet to walk with Jesus. So thank you for reminding us about that, Dennis. Um, and uh, I just bless you, um, each of you, to have uh, this vision for your family for this next year and to walk in that vision in the fullness of Jesus. Uh, amen. So uh, we're going to close with uh, the Aaronic blessing, uh, the, the blessing that God told uh, Aaron. And, and he said it this way, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, those are the priests, uh, thus you shall bless the people of Israel, you shall say to them, then there's the Aaronic blessing. But a verse we hardly ever look at is the last verse, So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. This, uh, remember, putting his name on the people, uh, the way that he does that uh, in the Old Testament uh, is exactly what he did with Abram and Sarai, changing their name to Abraham and Sarai, put his name on them. And that became the prayer of the priests. And um, in, in the New Covenant, um, we have, in Jesus, we have... Uh, the Holy Spirit. He's put his seal. He's put himself on us. It's much better than just putting his name on us. He's put himself in us. And uh, how good is that? So just a, a, a little fun thing uh, before I dismiss you. But um, So the way the priests would do that is they would put their hands like this. And 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 this is the this this is the Hebrew letter Shin, which is the first letter in the word Shem, Hashem, the name. So they would they would do this. And yes, Leonard Nimoy grew up in an Orthodox Jewish family, and every day the priests would bless their the people like this. So when he in Star Trek needed a greeting of the the Vulcan greeting, he remembered this from childhood. But this is how the priests would do it. So let's all stand and we'll have our benediction for today. So Father, we give ourselves to you for 2021. And brothers and sisters, I just say to you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you grace. May he put his countenance on you, and grant you peace. Amen. Amen. Blessings on 2021, church. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week. We will meet on January 3rd here and online for the beginning of our Astonished series. And then next Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. till 3 p.m., we will have a Zoom congregation call where we will affirm Jamie as uh, uh, a co-senior pastor with me of this congregation. So be ready to do that. The instructions for the Zoom call will be on the website under the heading events. 
Just click on there and you'll be able to see the link to the Zoom call. So uh, I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great week.